Blog Talk Radio. From beautiful but snowy Portland, Maine, this is Parenting Your Challenging Child, Dr. Ross Green here. We do this every Monday, September through May. Well, that's not true. We didn't do it last Monday, which is why we're doing the parents panel today, because last Monday was the first Monday of the month, but we couldn't do the program last week. So we are doing the program this week with our parent panel members, Susie and Anna, always my favorite program of the month. And Susie and Anna are on the air with us now. How are you, Susie? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am well. And how are you, Anna? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am good. Um, well, Hi, Susie. We... Hi, Anna. <laughs> Anna, remind me. Anna or Anna? Anna. Great. So I'll keep saying that wrong probably for about another half a year or so. And then maybe I'll get it right. I'll answer to that. You'll answer to Anna? I'll answer to that. Just about anything. <laughs> let's 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 see if I can well, I think I can get it right for the rest of the program. We'll have to find out what happens next month. But don't <laughs> don't get upset if I have to keep keep asking you. At least Susie has don't. it right. What do you want to talk about you. today? What's that? Susie has a different accent. That's why she says it right. Because you Americans, I've you known, have accents. <laughs> I've known some, yeah, the Canadians do not. I've known some Annas, and I've known some Annas. Actually, that was a joke about Canadians. You all do, too. Um, and <laughs> so for some reason, I'm defaulting into Anna, but I don't think it's the accent, because I've known Annas, and I've known Annas. Sounds like an old tune about... Um, Potatoes and potato, tomatoes and tomato, but we're not going to call the whole thing off. I'll just try to remember to call you Anna. What do you all well, want to talk about today? Excuse me just for a second. I just Uh-oh, think yes. that it's great that um, Anna has the skills to be flexible and um, <laughs> deal with the mispronunciation of her name. That's a good yes, point, Susie. that does require some skills, and who knows, maybe she's really angry right now, but we wouldn't know it because she has the skills to... <laughs> self-regulate and keep us from knowing it, but um, right. who knows? I assure you I'm so, not, but that's a good point. How are you all doing? So what, 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 what's on the agenda for today? Anything in particular from both of you? I have some emails we could cover, if, um, but we always ask our parents panel member if you've got anything topical. Susie, shall we start with you? Um, sure. I you always guess... have the option of deferring, if you wish. Okay. Um, no, I will. Um, I'll start. I guess I was wondering if it would be a helpful discussion to um, for both of us to say what it is that helped us to get through the day um, with our challenging child, or in my case, children. Anna, are you on board with that? I'm on board with that, sure. Susie, sure. go ahead. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, 
I realized that there was hope if I started working with my child in a different way. I uh, began viewing my child through the lens of children do well if they can, and if they can't, it's because something's getting in their way, and it's up to us adults to help them figure out what that something is. This concept was an incredible help to me, and I repeated it throughout my day frequently. I knew that there was still a great kid underneath all that anger and violence. What we were doing back then, traditional parenting, methods of discipline, including punishment or consequences for maladaptive behaviors, weren't helping, and in fact, they were making the situation worse between me and my child. And he was deteriorating before our very eyes. I learned that challenging children need a tremendous amount of time, energy, and attention and that it was okay to prioritize and maybe not do some of the things that I might ordinarily do, such as PTA or volunteer activities or some of my other interests. I learned to deal with things I'd rather not deal with. Instead of feeling bad about it or angry, I reminded myself that I was being responsive to the hand I've been dealt. I learned to trust the model And listen to your instincts because other well-meaning people are going to give you unsolicited advice. But you have to do what's best for your child and family. And there may be some bruised relationships along the way. I understood that learning to use the model and teaching your child the model is a process that it's not an easy one-day quick fix, but you have to keep working at it, especially on rocky days. To help my family buy into the model, I spent lots of time teaching that we had a family problem, not just one person, our son, and that we were going to try a different approach that would help all of us make things better around our house. I learned to make an appointment with my son in calm moments proactively. The model also gave me a logical and clear framework to think unsolved problems through. I learned new skills as well in flexibility, adaptability, problem solving, and frustration tolerance. I was lagging behind in some of these skills as well. so. Um, in learning them, I could be the kind of parent that I wanted to be. Um, just a sec. I learned that if first you don't succeed, try, try again, and that's what I did. I came to understand that even when a situation didn't go so well, you learn just as much from that and maybe even more than when things go smoothly. It was all right if I didn't say things perfectly. The point was I was listening to my child and we were working together to solve problems proactively. I tried to always remember humor. It was crucial. Um, I tried not to focus on the behavior and learn to rewind 
quote, the tape and understand what was going on before my son would hit his siblings or throw furniture. Um, Lastly, not knowing how the mutually satisfying solution that addresses both parties' concerns was going to end took some time for me to get comfortable with. Once I did, I was amazed to see how creative kids could be with their solutions. Those were some of the things that helped me during those difficult years. You learned quite a bit. Yes, I Yes, I did. It it was a process, and it did take time, but um, I'm so happy to say that we're reaping the benefits now, and um, and life is life is better for our son and our family. In the beginning. Can you think of, maybe it was the first thing you said, the kids do all if they can part, but in the beginning, any, because you told us a lot of the things that you learned, but in the beginning, what kept you hanging in there? Was there a thought? Was there, because in the beginning, things are still very rough. This is not a magic wand approach. Um, Can you think of, what it was that you would say to yourself, think to yourself, that would keep you hanging in there in the beginning? Yes, it it was that children do well if they can. Um, at that time, you were on tape, um, recorded version of the model, and I, whenever I was in the car, I would listen to the um, taped version which helped a lot, and I kept the Explosive Child, um, one of your books on challenging children, uh, right next to my side of the bed. So it was the first thing I saw in the morning and the last thing I saw at night, and those things helped keep me going. Also, I just wanted to add that I think it was in the book, The Explosive Child, you say um, it's not the child's idea of a good time that, you know, his his meltdowns and explosions, he's not doing that to seek attention or being manipulative or spoiled. And uh, that hit home with me as well. Anna, what do you think? Anna, oh God. what do you think? Yeah, I I think very similarly to what Susie said. And and that uh that last bit that nobody would choose that. That was that really struck a chord in the beginning with me. That that uh it was like cogs in a wheel just like it all clicked together so instantly when I read the explosive child like it all made so much sense. And And it's surprising because when I talk to people who are involved in my son's life and I say that, he is not choosing this. There is nothing he wants more than to sit in a classroom, be an average student, and fit in the same as all his peers. They are surprised. 
when I say that. And they realize it's true. But you can see when I say nobody would choose to be how he is, they think, holy cow, she's right. He is not choosing. He doesn't want that. He wants to fit in, but he cannot because of his lagging skills. And so certainly coming to that realization was, uh, that was a resonated for sure. In the beginning, I would say, sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask, did you ever come across people who didn't believe you? Uh, Sure. Who didn't think you were right? Sure. Well, you know, it's... um, it's not so much him right there, right then in the moment, like peop- in the conversation, but it's in other conversations you have with people, they believe it, that children are choosing to misbehave. Mm-hmm. Or that it, it's, uh, even this weekend, there was, uh, I can't even remember what the thing was, and, and my husband said, he's not going to win this one. And I'm like, it's so not about winning. He doesn't want to win him. It's just that we said, you're going out with dad. Because I thought my husband was going out. I said, you're going to go out with dad because you're not sitting in front of a screen all day like you did last weekend. And, and he started to escalate. And uh, actually, he started to negotiate because he really didn't want to go. But it wasn't that he didn't want to go. It's that we just kind of sprung it on him. Because I thought my husband was like leaving right away. And... Uh, it all worked out fine in the end. He, uh, I, so I it had to say to my husband, it's not that he doesn't want to go with you, because that's what it sounds like. He's like, no, I don't want to go with that. Ah! <laughs> and uh, so it's not that he doesn't want to go with you. It's that we sprung it on him, and he can't switch from I'm happily playing with my Game Boy to I'm turning it off and getting in the car. Mm-hmm. That's what he's having trouble with. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I don't want to go with Dad, which then his dad's feelings are hurt. And, and, then, it, and then his dad's like, you know, I'm the boss, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, really, we're not the boss here. <laughs> and nobody wants to be the boss. And, and nine times out of ten or 99 times out of 100, we would never have said that to him. And my husband is very reasonable with him and would say to him, so how much minutes is left in your game before you think you need, would be ready to go in the car and we'll stop somewhere and, and would make it a pleasant outing? It It really, I find now... Any struggles we have are about our parents. No, no, it's about how we approach it. It's got nothing. He's always the same. He is always the same. It is only mm-hmm. us. To be completely honest, there's a couple of days in the month that I'm not a really patient parent. And certainly this month, I, I, I escalated a blowout with him. But it was entirely about me losing my patience. He was like holy cow, what's wrong with you? (laughs) And uh, so, you know, like when there is trouble, then it says in the book too, it it takes two to to tango. I don't know if that's the exact line, but to to see that that adults cause, or not a cause, or exacerbate situations, Mm -hmm. that's a hard place to get, that's a hard thing to get some adults to admit, that you did this to him. You're being rigid. You're asking what he can't, what he can't provide in a way he can't provide it. Because he really wants to help you. He really wants to be accommodating to you. This um, 
thing about being patient and that adults can't always pull it off, of course, that applies to heat-of-the-moment interactions. And I started realizing a while ago that while it is true that adults can't always be patient and um, the way we want to be full-time in the heat of the moment, we don't have to be if we are primarily anticipating problems before they arise and solving them proactively. One of the goals for the past, for quite a while now, has been to take the pressure off parents for being highly skilled in the heat of the moment. Now, if you have a behaviorally challenging kid, you're probably going to be on the hook for being highly skilled in the heat of the moment sometimes still, no matter how proactive you're being. But one big goal is to take some of that pressure off by making most of the problem-solving enterprise proactive so we don't have to be quick on our feet and we don't have to be so skilled in the heat of the moment. We're doing a lot of things outside the heat of the moment to take some pressure off. What do you think? I know the model helped me tremendously by um, taking advantage of making an appointment with my son to talk about something proactively because I am not quick on my feet and my son is. So that was that was huge in helping us succeed in the process. I would say, too, that uh, certainly, like, we really um, don't have... Actually, even that, that little blowout that I had because I lost my patience was entirely me and not him because that exact same thing before like I, we've encountered that behavior or you know he interrupted me and uh, and I got upset which I mean he interrupts all the time and it's never a problem but it was a problem at that exact second for me not for him he wasn't behaving any differently than he behaves all the time and we have talked about it and we're working on strategies and we're implementing our plan b and and uh but at that time I said we're going to the bakery and we're going to talk about this and I'm yelling we're going to have a plan b about this <laughs> like okay if it gets a brownie i'm in for it and and so life kind of got in the way and we didn't actually even get to the bakery to have our plan b and he reminded me this morning remember we're going to the bakery to have our plan b about interrupting and i'm like yes we are thank you i'll carve that into my schedule and and uh but really we since i since reading the book it, it it really has we don't have that anymore we don't have those maybe like from a child who was exploding every single day more than once for mm-hmm. an hour to 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 maybe we have one a month not even i can't even think of one explosion a month but you know and 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 it's 2 minutes 3 minutes he he he's able to uh redirect if as soon as i intervene he's like He'll find an alternative. He'll like, okay, let's leave or whatever it is, and and he's able to verbalize. Like he's just growing and growing in his skills. Like it really, 
is uh like you said, Susie, just you just start to work it out. That's fantastic. From what you started with to where you are now. Well, I had a parent I was talking to a parent on the weekend and she said, It must be really hard for you. I'm like, No. I, and and I thought for a few I'm like, Okay. No, actually, <sighs> it's not at all. <laughs> like it used to be hard. It mm-hmm. used to be really hard. Mm-hmm. Like staggeringly hard. And and now it's it's really not. It just is. It's like you say, Susie, it's like playing the hand you're dealt. It like and and maybe once in a while that hand gets you down. But then you know, you give yourself a thirty second okay, let's feel sorry for myself that, you know, my kid does this or that or doesn't do this or that and and uh off you go. That's maybe where the struggle is for me now is uh is like I feel bad for him. Like it's black and white thinking. It goes from like I was reading through a journal I have I wrote last Christmas and uh I was writing, Oh, he said it was the best day ever, best Christmas ever and he's happily playing with whatever toy he got and then two hours later something else happens. He's like, This was the worst Christmas ever and 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 uh, it makes me sad because that's truly in that moment what he believes and and that's the hard thing now is is to see how his lagging skills affect his happiness well i just i have to say by continuing to do the model and refining his um skills again that's that's a uh a process and he he eventually will learn he'll always be probably a black and white thinker but he he will learn the shades of gray and it's taken our son quite a few years um but again i i see that shift that he's able to actually shift and um in his thinking and and consider the other um an, another point of view or or a different feeling does that make sense it, 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 it actually that's really good to hear that uh and i see that kind of growth in my son too that not so much that he's flexible and able to see other points of view as easily but he is he is um he knows himself a little bit. So mm-hmm. he's able to say, Yeah, you're right, uh let's go or or, or that's gonna be too much and, and he, he even uses that vocabulary, like I can hold it together. Like I'm like we were right. invited he to the learns party the vocabulary like, to express his feelings and frustrations, it, yep. That and, and, and we do a lot of that at our house mm-hmm. with all our kids. And uh, so that has really helped, actually. In, it helped him in giving him the vocabulary to say, you know, we're going to this party. It's going to be loud and you're going to be upset. And before where he would just be in the middle of that situation being upset, now he'll let me take him out and mm-hmm. regroup, have a drink of water, redirect for a few minutes and then he'll be able to say okay i'm ready to go back in like and and maybe that's getting older but i think it's from being listened to absolutely 
Yeah. And and letting him find his solutions and, and listening to his solutions to it. We all want to be listened to. We all want to be listened to. Yeah, and <laughs> the the other thing is uh, that's that's a large part of it is that having a challenging child is emotionally and physically demanding. I mean, you're you're a large part of your day is focused on that child, and it it does um, it can deplete you. Um, I know I was running on fumes before I I uh, found the model, and uh, it it helped me fill up my imaginary gas tank because there was hope to do things a different way. There's a part in the book where it talks about you know you need to plan C things in the beginning just to get your child to stop exploding. Mm-hmm. But it, it, like you were saying about your gas tank, like I needed to plan C things so I could stop trying to deal with the explosion. Like that instantly fixed, helped him and it and it helped me. Like mm-hmm. to have a day with, like to see, holy cow, these are where the explosions are happening and to have them disappear almost overnight was was so beneficial for both of us or for the whole family the kids my other kids noticed instantly like within <laughs> four days they're like oh yeah wow that's different it's great yeah it's great that you were open to it open to the model and i was desperate when i found the model yes. i was desperate that's what i would say i had been searching for answers for mm-hmm. a long time and uh and so when I saw the title of the book, I knew instantly that's what I needed. And, and, and I didn't hold much hope for it, I have to tell you. You know, I had read a lot of books. I had done a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But that was the first one that, you know, didn't talk about, I'm sorry that you're sad and mad, but we have to leave the playground. Like, or that the, the discipline <laughs> problems start with you. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a given, right? Mm-hmm. You're inconsistent. Yeah, no, everything about the book spoke to me instantly. I don't know if we answered the question. <laughs> I would say you answered it magnificently. Um, you know, as long as we're talking about things that change things for the better, let me put you both on the spot and ask you things that you were thinking prior to that that made things worse. You may feel like you've talked about that already, but were there things that you were thinking that were not productive at all and that badly needed revising? And I think I get a lot of email from parents who are new to the model and are just feeling their way around and wondering, how can we, how am I going to make it through the day but as you all are saying, there's things you could be thinking that could be making things worse as you're trying to make it through the day. Any recollection about what those things were? 100%. I'm going to go first, Susie, because I'm impulsive. <laughs> Even though I have written on my piece of paper, Susie first. <laughs> I'm going to go first. Uh, consistency. 
the number one thing that was completely wrong in what I was doing was that people were constantly telling me, you just got to be more consistent. You got to be more consistent. You got to be more consistent. And that was making things worse. The minute, I'm like, okay, come on, we have to go. And he would, like, I would see this look in his eye and I'd be like, uh-oh. But if anybody else was there, I would feel trapped that I had to do it. That, okay, we have to go because I said, we have to go. Even if he said, can we stay five more minutes? I'd be like, no, there's somebody here and they're going to judge me that I said, let's go and now I'm waffling. And that, so for sure, that was one of the huge ones for me was was uh, where I thought I was being consistent. I was being rigid and inflexible. And that almost always caused a blowout. So as soon as I stopped being consistent and <laughs> things got better, and uh, that I thought, like, I just didn't understand. I didn't understand why he was like this. and it, And it just, every day it was like, wake up and get ready for the battles because I'm like, I just thought it was so, why is he like this for me and nobody else? Like he didn't do that with his dad. He didn't do that with caregivers. He didn't, you know, he could behave with other people. But then with me, it was, he was just fighting so hard against me because he was so desperate to, for me to understand and, and he didn't know how to tell me and I didn't know how to listen. Okay, that's all your turn, Susie. <laughs> I just have to comment before Susie goes. There are so many mental health professionals who need to hear what you just said because there are so many, many mental health clinicians and educators for whom the magic word is consistency and being yeah. more firm. And that's yeah. the guidance they're giving people. And here yeah. you are saying the word consistency was making things worse. And I was sitting here thinking, you know, we don't want to throw consistency out with the baby and the bathwater, although there are some kids for whom consistency does make things worse. But one of the things I've always thought is that consistency is greatly overrated um, and that inconsistency as the reason as the explanation for challenging behavior, also greatly overrated. Um, I'm a close observer not only of parenting styles of challenging, of the parents of challenging kids, but also of the parents of well-behaved kids. And one of the most fascinating things is that parents of well-behaved kids tend to be quite inconsistent as well. I wish... Many people could hear what you just said. Susie, sorry to interrupt. No, not at all. Um, I just want to emphasize what both of you were saying. I, we had been taking our son to a mental health professional who blamed me for my son's oppositional behavior, and it was my fault because... I wasn't strong and more forceful um, and, you know, teaching him who's boss. And I was just really um, at a loss because here I was trying to do right by my child and 
in this clinician's eyes, I was doing a really bad job. So I was devastated. Um, and so in the beginning, um, those thoughts made things worse for me because I was blaming myself. I'm so sorry that that happened to you, Susie. Oh, well, thank you. It actually, what I learned from it was that um, even though that's conventional wisdom for now in child rearing, um, I learned actually that I was way stronger than that and that my instincts about being a good parent um, were accurate and I found uh, somebody who somebody else whose approach made sense to me. So even though it was difficult, it was one of those life learning lessons. But thank that, you. that was an added benefit that I got from the book was that it gave me a place to tell the people who are involved in my son's life, this is how we're dealing with him. Mm-hmm. So anytime we're approaching any new situation, school, you know, whatever, whatever it is, mm-hmm. the nutritionist, mm-hmm. <laughs> and dentist, doctor, anywhere we go, this is how we handle him. And it is not up for negotiation. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was like, instead of always wondering and and waiting for someone to tell me what to do with him, because I had no clue, because obviously what I was doing was wrong, because he was a mess and I was a mess. Mm -hmm. After reading the model, it's like, this is what we're doing. This is empathetic and compassionate and kind and thoughtful and then this is how I want my son to be treated from this day forth. And I think that you have to take that stance because um, you have to be the squeaky wheel. You have to advocate for your child. If you don't, nobody else will. It's great to have confidence and certainty. Mm -hmm. And... uh, and I think when before I found the model, I certainly didn't have that. I was willing to let anybody do anything because I was willing to try anything. I was so desperate. And now it's no, no. And I didn't even maybe know that I could do that before. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I hear other people talking about things that not even they're, they're challenging children, but any children, I'm like, yeah, no, you can tell them differently. <laughs> this is your child and things can be worked out how you want them. Like I think parents have more authority in some areas than they think and, and as far as how people treat their children and choices. You're, You're right. right seem to be saying that while the conventional wisdom is that you need to be more strong with your kid, 
plan B takes more strength. Easy to do. The, the strength that one uses to do plan A is very different than the strength that it takes to do plan B. Mm-hmm. But you know what's interesting? I, I, I When I started the model, I thought... Um, it's amazing how many people, it's like a, 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 a secret society or something. Like when I first started, I remember being at the beach with my son and I was sitting beside this grandmother with her two grandchildren. And then, you know, it's getting, I'm like, but how long till you think you're ready to go? And he's like, he doesn't really understand time at the time. That was a couple of years ago. He says, oh, 10 minutes. I'm like, okay. So I look at the woman beside me and I say, you know, I never used to be the mother that asked her child when it was time to go, but now I feel like, and she's like, oh, yeah, that's that's completely how I, I'm a teacher. That's how I taught and that's how I raised my children. Mm. And, and and I've said that to other about my other kids, you know, my daughter is in charge of her education. And saying that to her teacher and the one teacher saying, uh, yeah, that's what my parents did with me. But I feel like it's not a message that's out there. But when you start saying it, people will will come out and say, yes, that's what we do too. But don't tell anybody, because it's so against conventional wisdom. Does that make sense? Sure. sure. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed to be sure. a parent that asked their child's permission of what was happening to them, instead of telling them. Conventional wisdom is parents tell their kids what to do. And, and when I stepped off that path, it was very uncertain territory. Yeah, I think... more out there doing it... Oh, sorry, Susie, go ahead. No, no, that's okay. Go ahead, Dr. Green. It, it sound, Anna, it sounds like you're saying that you start doing Plan B and you come out of the closet on that and you find out there's a bunch of people who wouldn't have minded being out of the closet on that too. But once they yes. see you doing it, Yep. They're willing to say, you know what, you're, you're on to something there. But um, it's almost like scary to come out of the closet because the perception is that you're doing something wrong. Yep. Yep. Another thing, by the and, way, and, standing and, in the way of people doing it is that it makes sense. But what if people see me doing it? Um, will it make sense to them? So what I often tell parents is, you don't care. Sorry, That's Dad. exactly right. Yep. I, I recently said to my mom, I have certainly, as anybody who knows me will attest, I am a person who has macheted her own way through the jungle my whole life. And, and, but what I've realized lately is I'll machete my way through and then I'll turn around and say, is that okay that I did that? And so even, like in a lot of aspects of my life, I'll go against conventional wisdom, but then I'll look back and and make sure that I haven't offended anybody in doing that. And so the model just gave me the permission, like permission. It gave me permission. And, And I guess that's what I needed. And I think it also gives people the strength to do things 
a different way to take a different approach with their challenging child because when you try it, when you try the model and things eventually um, do improve and get better, it sort of builds on itself. And I think that gives one the strength to do things a different way. Yeah. Yep. If you can believe it, I was even scared. Here's the true confessions of a mental health professional who wrote a book. I was scared about how the explosive child would be received because I anticipated that many people who did things very differently than the explosive child would attack it as blasphemous. And um, the good news is I haven't gotten much of that. I've gotten... 95% um, positive. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing is, Anna, at the same time you're saying that parents come out of the closet um, when they see somebody doing Plan B and it's resonating with them. I can tell you the same is true of mental health professionals who will come up to me and say, you know, I knew the advice I was given people wasn't really getting it done, and I kind of had a feeling about what direction I wanted to take things in, but thanks for um, putting it out there in black and white so that um, I had something to refer people to. Hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I I 100% can believe that. I can professionally see that, and it's... uh, it's hard to stand up and say, actually, y'all are wrong. That's what you're kind of saying. But they're, they're not wrong. They're just lacking in, in an alternative. They're just going along with what they know because nobody gave them the structure and to do it differently. I'm speaking for everybody now because, you know, I can read the world's mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's great that you can do that. <laughs> you didn't know I had a superpower. <laughs> no, well, we knew. We knew that's why we have you on the parents panel. Now. <laughs> yeah, we've got about two minutes left. Susie, any last thoughts here before we sign off? Um, just try to try to prioritize um, what's really important. Try to keep a sense of humor, and um, it's all about teaching skills, solving problems proactively, and uh, children do well if they can. Anna, final thoughts? Permission. I am giving everybody permission (laughs) to do what works. You don't have to eat dinner as a family. Your kids do not have to have a bath every night. And guess what? Their teeth will not fall out if they don't brush them for three days. Mm-hmm. So here I'm giving everybody who needs it permission to do what gets you through the day or not do. Homework, 
making beds, doing chores. That's my holiday wishes for everybody. You have many people breathing a sigh of relief right now, but you also have many people petrified right now, but we have the voice of experience here on the parents' panel. And I must say, I am loving the parents' panel these days. You are doing a great job, both of you. Um, And, of course, I'll add my holiday wishes as well, although we have a few more programs left for the remainder of the year before people have had the last of me. Um, In the meantime, it is time to sign off. Thank you, Susie and Anna. Great program today. Thank Thank you. you. Take care. Bye, Susie. um, Bye, Anna. (laughs) And I will be speaking in England for the first time this week, so I'm looking forward to that. If I come back with an accent, I hope the parents panel will understand. (laughs) Say hi to Will and Kate. Take care. (laughs) 